Okay, because my brain is all empty, no thoughts, because it's been a, it's been a very long week. I feel like it's been, like, 12 years. It's been 12 years. <laughs> it's been 12 years. a couple weeks. Um, I forgot, uh, my, I forgot the mic at my house. We usually have it over at Saya's place, just for this reason, so we don't forget it. But we recorded at my place last time, and I forgot it today because, um, my brain's been a little bit, like, wonky, because, uh, I know I get a little bit personal sometimes, but, uh, uh, there's been a death, death in my family, and it's been, like, it's been kind of... Inconvenient. Inconvenient. It's been weird. It's been a lot of emotions going through everyone. Um, things are better, but my brain is just still all over the place, basically. And, of course, like, again, before this, we had everything with Cinders the cat, whom we are still, like, taking care of, taking to vet appointments, that sort of thing. And, of course, the holidays are coming up, so it's like, this is just, it's been a very weird time. It has, it now really, that you've pointed it out. Yeah, this is like, this has just been so weird. And I'm like, why? But, hey, at least we're reading a, like, it's, again, we, I don't hate Model Land. Yeah, there are things in it that I don't like, and I will criticize it a little, but I'm like, this isn't the worst. No, this that is we've not read. the worst thing. Again, that we've like come across. right. This is like. Is it what's wrong with it? Oh, I'm just trying to like. This is. These are the ones that I mess with. Yeah, is right? it too quiet or? No, I'm just trying to make sure it's in between like the two oh, things. Oh, well, you've only got one bar of battery life too. So. That's true too, but I think it'll be okay. Maybe okay. Okay, so. So we're, um, we're going to be reading, uh... 11 and 12. 11 and 12 for today, and we're gonna start with, uh, I think it's my turn to start with it, or was it your turn? No, oh yeah, I read, it's your turn. It is my turn. So it's chapter 11, Shiraz, Shiraz. Shiraz, Shiraz. Is it Shiraz, Shiraz, or Shiraz, Shiraz? Shiraz. <laughs> Are we? Sh is the Z silent? I don't know. We will find. <laughs> I'm gonna pronounce it though because I have an annoying Minnesota accent. <laughs> okay, let's do this. The pouch swept through the green portal again. After a few minutes, a vanilla-scented breeze tickled Tookie's nose. In seconds, the pouch began to fill with thick white goo. Oh. Oh no. Oh, oh no. No, Tyro. What are you doing to them? Uh, Tookie tried to move, but the goo had already reached her waist. It rapidly filled the pouch, soon submerging even their heads. Jesus. Ooh. But you know what? I know how that feels. God damn it, Because I brought that up on the podcast before. Yes, you have. Yeah. Remember, they're minors. Yeah. Remember. I'm not, though. You're not, but they I'm, are. I'm old as shit. We're both old as shit. And <laughs> I'm older than you. By like a month in a few days. <laughs> Jesus. By a month and three days specifically. Yes. Yeah. But weirdly, Toki could breathe in it as easily as a fish could breathe in water. Ew. Honestly, 
I wish that was the same situation for me. <laughs> no, I almost fucking died. <laughs> I want to just, just stop. Just stop. Leave me alone. Well, I'm really glad that this next statement is not going to leave you alone. The warm goo grew thicker and thicker until it was difficult for her to move. Why does this sound like pudding? I don't know. It makes me think of that one scene from The Office where Dwight's like, he jelloed my stapler again. (laughs) What a mood. Then she and Dylan were frozen in place. Crack. Suddenly the goo released them. Tookie and Dylan tumbled turned around and saw a seven-foot candle busted open down the middle. The veiled scout was still in front of them, flapping away now in a waxy, diamond-covered bodysuit. That doesn't sound very comfortable. Uh, nothing sounds comfortable in Model Land when it comes to, like, what they're wearing. No. Dylan wiped some remaining goo from her eyes. It's wax. We get it already. They popped out of a candle. It's wax. No, we're just gonna keep saying goo. It's wax. Didn't you give Dylan a southern accent? Yeah, she sounds pretty southern. Why am I forgetting that all of a sudden? I don't know. Hey, scout lady, did we ju- did we for real just pop out of a candle? Hold on, I need to turn this down a little because you peaked. Sorry. It's okay. We're all we're all peeking here. Okay. But the scout didn't answer. The sky above was an inky black. The lights of a village glowed far below. Candles. So many candles in all shapes and sizes lit the entire town. Every house had an immense candle where the chimney should have been. That doesn't sound very safe. No, it sounds like a safety hazard. (laughs) OSHA violations everywhere. And... (laughs) And thin candles illuminated every street. A stiff breeze blew, and all the lights flickered in a surge. Some blew out, but relit just seconds later. Ooh, look over there! Dylan pointed past a hill to an area much brighter than the rest of the dimly lit town. It looks like there's... It looks like a fire's blazing! The waxy smell in the air got stronger as someone had pushed a candle too close to Tookie's nostrils. Well, yet this candle's fucking everywhere, Tookie, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Suddenly, Tookie knew exactly where they were. Candelabra. Oh, for fuck's sake. God damn it. Oh, for fuck's sake. It took a second for that one to sink in. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. I read it ahead of time and now I get to say it. Oh, for fuck's sake. She murmured in a tiny voice. She'd read about it in a book once. Candelabra was the world's candle manufacturing center. No fucking shit. Really? (laughs) It's made out of candles. The source of waxy light for all. For real, for real? Dylan looked excited. We sell candelabra can... Why can I just not do a southern accent all of a sudden? We sell candelabra candles in aisles 385 to 401. Sometimes I trek on over there during my break and inhale the fudge-scented ones. Don't you just love fudge? How long are these aisles? And they... How big is this... How is... How big is Boobig Teak? Because, like, that's... 
They sell it from three eighty five to four hundred and one. I guess so. That's a lot of candles. Toki grimaced. Chocolate was particularly the only food she didn't like because she's not like other girls. Well, it's also because her mom made her eat so much chocolate chocolate that she she vomited and she was made to sleep on the floor. Yeah. For a month. That's rude. Dylan's eyes goggled. Girl, you don't like chocolate? You must be crazy. Well, I mean, she did vomit chocolate and usually people who vomited something... They don't eat the thing that they vomited up. The scout soared through the crooked cobblestone streets. A makeshift market of tents and tables sold fire starter kits and fire insurance. <laughs> um, that makes sense. I'm surprised that there aren't that many, like, uh, you know, um, fire insurance scams going on in Candle Opera. Down a narrow alley, a man scurried along, pushing a cart filled with these scrunched stubs of burnt-out candles. A tall, olive-skinned teenage girl with nervous eyes rushed rushed alongside him. I'm just trying to look at these words, and I can't even. Um. I-E-I-O-I-E-U-E-U-I-E. Oh, boy. That's, That's my interpretation of it. Okay. That sounded horrid, so please. Yeah. Yeah. She urged. Tookie sat up straighter. They were speaking Labrian. Okay, whenever I see that, I it That did not look like what I was about to say. It does not look like Labrian. It looks like something else entirely. <laughs> it does it looks like something that shouldn't have an R in there. No. The official language of Candelabra. Which she understood perfectly. Because she's a linguist. Yes. Yeah, it it was established earlier. The girl had just told the man, Daddy, I'm so nervous. The day of discovery walk-off is about to start and my dress still has not arrived. Has still not arrived. Excuse me. The petite, muscular girl with thick, curly hair, a face covered with freckles and full lips, ran toward the man and his daughter. She carried bundles and packages under her arms and wore a loose beige top that gaped at the neck, gathered shorts that flapped with her movements, and gladiator sandals whose straps looked on the verge of becoming undone. The Labrian, in Labrian, the girl sang, Your frock needed steam. I'm sorry I'm tardy. You're a Labrian dream, the belle of this party. She literally sang it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't sing it. It's okay. Okay. You don't gotta sing it. After she finished the song, the messenger girl dropped the dress into the arms of the teen girl, who looked extremely relieved. Thank you, Shiraz. The girl... The father said to the messenger girl, handing her a coin, then she took off again. Hey, her name is Shiraz, the name of this chapter. Do you think she's gonna be picked to go to Model Land? Oh my god, I have no idea. We'll just have to find out. Darting in and out of the streets, clogged with Day of Discovery aspirants, the girl approached a decrepit door and slipped slipped an envelope underneath. Then she was off once more, stuffing envelopes under every door she passed. Her footsteps pattered rapidly against the stone streets. Man, oh man, that chick is quick, Dylan murmured. The scout swooped down and positioned herself right in Shiraz's path. They collided head-on, undelivered mail fluttered out of Shiraz's fingers. But she hardly looked phased to see the scout. Of course, 
Shiraz spoke in Labrian, confidently extending her hand to the scout. You have come for me, but the scout didn't react. The girl tried again. You are here for me, yes? The scout remained motionless. Ah, the language barrier, Shiraz said in heavily accented English. I tried to speak in English. In the English, I am Shiraz Shiraz, seven inches and four feet tall. Perfect for studies at the Modeland, yes? Shiraz shook out her hair, straightened her clothes, and stood as tall as her small frame allowed. The scout extended her hand, and Shiraz grabbed it with lightning speed. Hello to Modeland, and goodbye to Candelabra, she sang, her voice rising and falling melodiously. The pouch bulged, and Shiraz tumbled inside and snapped into the green hole once more. Wait, the the thing didn't even start. The whole, their T-Dot didn't even start yet. Yeah. And she already picked someone who yeah. obviously wasn't participating. I mean, Tookie obviously wasn't participating either. Neither was Dylan. Dylan, I thought she was, because she was wearing one of the things. Oh, I didn't think or so. Or was she wearing her work uniform? Oh, so none of them were actively participating and they were all picked. I don't know. That sounds fishy to me. I know. Shiraz noticed Toki and Dylan and widened her eyes. Oh, no. Do not say you are my others. Your others, Dylan repeated. The other girls who are part of the model and Shiraz waved her hands around, searching for the proper word. Experience, said Dylan. Shiraz shook her head briskly. Excursion, Tookie said shyly. Shiraz shook her head again. Discovery, asked Dylan. Discovery, yes, yes, Shiraz brightened. Then she frowned. But you two, you are not the beauty exceptional like Shiraz. Oh, Shiraz. Shiraz, this is not a good start for you. Really not a good start for you, Shiraz. Dylan pursed her lips. Excuse me? You may be all cute and little and can run as fast as an exotic feline in the plains, but hold up a sec, Miss Thang, cause Miss Modeland, or should I say THE Modeland, Dylan mocked Shiraz, don't have girls looking like you up in there either. And besides, you weren't even trying out, honey. Me and her saw you. Oh my god, Dylan... Oh, my God. Y'all are sounding so petty. Shiraz sniffed huffily. The jealousies in your big body are burning like big dripless candle. I blow you out. She puckered her lips and blew in Dylan's face. Dylan's nostrils flared. Oh, no, this little dot face thing did not just bl- Stop, Tookie blurted out surprising even herself. Don't you realize none of us look like Modeland girls? Not one of us. Dylan set her jaw, but Shiraz just peered at Tookie confused. Tookie repeated the tirade in Labrian. Please don't fight, she added. I see enough fighting at home. Shiraz smiled slowly as Tookie at Tookie clearly amazed that Tookie could speak her language, but then she sat up straighter. Well, they pick us for some reason. Yeah, Dylan said toughly, although when she looked down 
at her broad thighs, an uncertain expression washed over her face. She looked up at Tookie. Do you got a theory? Tookie stared through the pouch at the electric lightning snapping around them in the tunnel. I don't know, she said. I just don't know at all. It's only been ten minutes, I think, so, like, whatever. Well, that was, like, a super short chapter, because Shiraz is short, I guess. I guess so. Okay, She's so- kind of a bitch. A little bit. Uh, like, automatically, right off the bat, I don't like her. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if that's what it's setting us up to do, as I have not read this. I don't know. It could be, like, a, a thing. I don't know. But now we're at chapter 12, First Princess of Sans Color. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's rubbing against I know, I know it was. There you go. The pouch emerged into a sea of thin white strands. Some of them even entered the pouch, covering Tookie's head and drifting past her mouth. It tickled a little. Everyone started to giggle. Giggle. What are we going to pop out now? Dylan joked. A horse tail? Through the mesh wall of the pouch, Tookie saw a bare cave-sized hole and peeked in. Sticky, pasty gunk with peach fuzz was lodged inside. Why are these descriptions so horrid? Why is there just so much jizz everywhere? (laughs) I didn't want to be the one to say it. She frowned. I think we're inside an ear. How can we be inside an ear? How can we be inside ears? Shiraz frowned. Ear of giant? That make no sense. This whole journey ain't ain't made no sense, Dylan said. Then a loud scream erupted. The girls jumped and looked at each other. Was that you, Tookie? I mean, Dylan asked Tookie. Tookie shook her head. Was that you? Dylan asked Shiraz next, but Shiraz shrugged. The pouch accelerated without warning, popping out of the sea of white. Behind them, Tookie saw a pale-skinned woman with long platinum locks, screaming at the top of her lungs. She was also scratching her scalp and poking at her ears. Dylan squinted. You know, I think Tookie was right. I think we just popped out of that gray-haired woman's head. Ew. Ew. Once again, the pouch emerged from the portal, giving the girls a view of the giant city in the distance. It was different from any city Tookie had ever seen. A clear protective dome covered the entire metropolis. The city was laid out in what appeared to be a perfect grid and reminded Toki of one of her algebraic graphs. Oh, wow, Toki, you're so cool. Not a speck of dirt marred the city streets. The most modern high... Well, I mean, it kind of sets a picture, though. It does, but you also have to remember that there's so many fucking graphs in algebra. That's true, but, like, putting it like that, it just makes me think, like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I really have no idea which one I'm trying to imagine, but that's also because I'm a tutor and see them all. That is true. The most... Okay, wait. Algebraic graphs. Not a speck of dirt marred the city streets. The most modern high-tech buildings hovered... About two stories above the ground, allowing pedestrians and vehicles unobstructed passage beneath them. Tube-shaped elevators zipped up, down, and side to side, and diagonally on the structure's exteriors. The scout, now translucent and sparkling, floated through the city toward the sound of thumping drums. As they arrived at the edge of the city square, a vast crowd of girls, all with stark white hair and nearly translucent pale skin, moved with drill team precision. 
Tookie, Dylan, and Shiraz scrambled to the walls of the pouch so they could get a good view. Tookie gasped. Sans color, she whispered. She only read about it in books. It was a place that few ever got a chance got the chance to experience. Sans co what? Dylan asked. Um, sans color, Tookie mumbled, unaccustomed to people asking her direct questions. Okay. We get it, Tookie. You're forgettable. About 800 pale-skinned girls wearing different types of blue uniforms and capes marched in formation. That reminds me of something. Like what, Maya? From Harry Potter. Boubaton. If that's how you pronounce it. Because they were also... Like, I, it's it's a school for boy, well, boys and girls, but it's specifically in the movie. Their uniforms were also blue. Hmm. And they were French. Or they're all in the Navy. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> or the Space Force. We're really trying. Space Force. <laughs> they have to have tinfoil on their heads for that. You're right. Along one axis, girls and teal marched together doing hand and head movements in unison. Another group in navy pranced in the opposite direction. A third group, this one in aqua uniforms, sped along the intersecting axis, and a fourth group, wearing turquoise, headed for the middle of the navy group. The overall effect was of four colorful trains running along intersecting tracks, each set going in different direction. Tookie was riveted by the show. The navy and turquoise groups nearly crashed into the aqua and teal groups, but they veered off at the last second, making... A precise right turn. Is the day of... Is day of discovery for them? Shiraz whispered, Tookie nodded. Here, the T-Dot theme song had a drum major beat. Guys, just remember what the theme song is. And then oh, just think of a drum beat no. to that. Again, when, when we had Dylan's chapter, and it said it was set to banjos, just remember the theme song. Oh... And just add banjos. Oh, why would you do this to me? Because Tyra had it that way. I know. Still doesn't mean I accept it. It's canon. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) This is one canon I do not accept. (laughs) The walkers wore the expression common on every model land hopeful, just a bit toned down. Dylan squinted at the crowd. How do they stand out, for goodness sake? It's the Battle of the Blands. You should talk for yourself, Dylan. It, it said that everyone in Boo Big Teak wore, like, almost the exact same outfit, just right? different colors. I just don't like anyone in the in this story thus far. Everyone's just being a bitch. I know. Everyone had the same coloring, alabaster-skinned, Onlookers sat on the bleachers watching the performance. A brigade of pale white blonde soldiers stood at attention. All of them are male, apparently, because there's no E at the end. Sitting in a plush over white, wait, oversized cobalt blue chair in the middle of the stage was a platinum blonde woman. A tall, bored looking girl stood at her side. Even the birds in the sky were pale. A flock of pure white birds swooped past their eyes cherry red. Everybody here sick? Shiraz whispered. No, they have albin- albinism. Albinism? Albini- albin- I think albin- it's albinism. Albinism. Tookie whispered back, You mean they albino? 
You mean, oh, you mean the albinos? You mean the, well, I can't come up with a voice for Shiraz. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard. <laughs> you mean the albinos? Shiraz blurted out. Tookie was pretty sure it was rude to call them albinos. But she kept her mouth shut, not wanting to seem like a know-it-all. The scouts swooped through the crowd, all the marching girls on the ground looking up and started to scream and stomp their feet, turning the synchronized parade into chaos. The platinum-haired woman in the throne-like chair frowned, popped her tongue, so like that, <laughs> and rasped at a highly decorated soldier to her right. The soldier then uttered a short popping sound, which was repeated in unison by all the other soldiers down the line. All the girls immediately jumped back into formation. It's Kalorian. What? That's the language. Oh. Kalorian. Uh, Kalorian. Yeah. I don't want to... I'm leaving it aloud. Mm. It's Kalorian, Tookie whispered, listening to the distinct rasping, gurgling, popping, and sucking sounds. Ugh. Oh, why? why did you do this? Ugh. It's just an orgy with... Oh, it's just, it's just gross. There's just inappropriate references everywhere. Like, what is wrong with us today? This isn't even us putting them to the... This isn't even us ad-libbing. It's just no. there. <laughs> to the untrained ear, the anguish sounds like some like someone swallowing a bucket of raw oysters. Oh. Oh. Mm. None for me, thanks. But to Tookie, each tiny sound was beautiful. Every language was. The sound makes me want to clear my throat, Dylan said, wrinkling her nose. The woman on the throne, evidently some kind of dignitary, blurted out more Calorian gurgles, slurps, pops, and rasps, but this time to the scout. Tookie was a little rusty with Calorian, but she could understand well enough. I am, I am the Prime Minister, sans color. This is an occurrence we have been awaiting. A chosen one from Sans Color at your model and might prove to be effect an effective ambassador for us. What that woman saying? Shiraz murmured. Sorry, I don't speak gobbledygook, Dylan said. Ah, Dylan. Dylan, you're kind of being a, a bit of a rude person. <laughs> Dylan, you're kind of being racist. Yeah. Actually, I do, Tookie said, and then translated what the Prime Minister had just said. The girls goggled at her, hanging on her every word. It's really not that interesting. No, to speak languages, it's really not. Well, I was saying, like, it's not that interesting what the Prime Minister said. Oh, I mean, I do I do consider speaking multiple languages a talent, but it's... It's like, what the Prime Minister said isn't that interesting. The woman continued and Tookie translated, If you can guarantee safety for whoever you choose, you may select anyone who declares herself willing that... herself willing. That is my pledge. The scout bowed to the prime minister and the crowd cheered. The tall, bored-looking girl who had been standing behind the throne stepped out to get a better look at the scout. She had, she had keen, bright, rose-colored eyes and an intense expression that made her appear highly intelligent. She probably was, Tookie thought. All people from Sans Color were supposed to be off-the-charts geniuses. So is it like some sort of utopia-slash-dystopia type thing? I mean, everyone is, like, the same. I mean, it's kind of like, um... Makes me think of, like, the children from 
what is that one movie, you know, where it's like, it was like that all, like, these women got pregnant at the same time, and they all had kids with, like, blonde hair. Why did, that sounds like a Criminal Minds episode. No, it's not. It's a movie? It's a movie. That I know? I don't know if you know, but I remember watching a movie like that, and it's like, it's, there's like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's weird, and the children plant, plot to, like, kill all the parents in the town. Oh. <laughs> Classic Saya, she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. God fucking damn it. <sighs> Slowly the scouts scanned the hundreds of girls in the, in the procession and floated over the prime minister's head and landed in front of the bored-looking girl who stood poised like a statue. The scout extended her bejeweled hand. The crowd gasped even <gasps> louder. The prime minister whirled around. Not Piper! She shouted, a vein in her palm. Pale forehead, glowing blue-green. What is she, um... That doesn't sound very good. Blue-green? What is she? An uh, alien. <laughs> I know, but... What... An what's, amphibian, a reptile. No, what species? Vulcan. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Spock, Vulcan, he has green blood. Uh, uh, she shouted a vein, uh, blue-green, blah, blah, blah. Guardians! The soldiers aimed their weapons at the scout in the pouch. You cannot take her, the prime minister declared, standing protectively in front of the girl. She is my daughter. Uh-oh, Dylan snickered. We're in the middle of a royal mama-daughter showdown. The scout bowed respectfully and turned away to scan the crowd of other pale tea daughters. But the girl ran around her mother to face the scout. Madam, please do not listen to my ridiculous mother, the queen. The girl rolled her eyes. I'm Piper, first princess of sans color, and I have rights. I hereby accept admitted admittance into model land why she would i don't know being a princess of sans color sounds yeah. a lot more interesting than going to model land piper's mother hurled a menacing popping sound at her daughter i will not allow you to go to that mindless school on the mountain tookie translated she said all of that with one sound dylan said before anyone could stop her piper grabbed the scout's hand Suddenly, the pale girl was in the pouch, too. The Prime Minister's face twisted with shock and fury. Fire! She yelled. The pouch jerked hard as the scout flew away. The girls were left... The girls were thrown left, then right, as the scout spiraled frantically through the air. She's dodging the bullets. Wait, they're, they're bullets? I thought they were... I thought they were arrows for some reason. Me too. <laughs> they're shooting... They're actively shooting at her! <laughs> okay... This sounds very safe. Tookie thought her heart in her throat as the soldiers fired their weapons again. Um, are they safe? <laughs> Whirling sideways, the pouch burst out of the bubble dangerously close to a war-torn concrete jungle that surrounded Sans Color. Thousands of ten-foot spears pointed at the bubble now shifted their aim to the scout. A horde of demonic, yellow-eyed jungle inhabitants stared at the pouch, roaring savagely. One wrong move and the pouch would be ripped to shred. What? 
That went from zero to 100 it on a plane. It sure did. Um, also, these two chapters were actually pretty short. So, Saya, it's your turn next with chapter 13, the express lane. The express lane. That's my favorite lane because I'm always in a hurry. Yes, you are. What in the name of wombat milk are those things? What the fuck is up with her and wombat milk? I don't know. Dylan screamed as Scout lifted the pouch high above Sand's color. Piper, who was huddled on one side of the pouch away from the others, covered her eyes and shook her head violently. The let, the let, she stammered. The lay gizzards. Toki guessed she'd read about them in, in the only Calorian history book at the Peppertown Library. The creatures encircled the sand's color bubble, desperate to get inside. They can't reach you here, she said, speaking in Calorian to Piper. We're safe. You know my language, Piper said, switching to English. Impressive and rare. What's your name? Toki lowered her eyes. Her name's Toki, Dylan spoke for her. Yeah, her name is, like, really weird, like, compared to everyone else's name here. I mean, Shiraz is pretty normal compared to Toki. <laughs> right. I mean, Toki sounds more like she should be, like, a bird, you know, like, a toucan or <laughs> yeah. something. Toki the toucan, but it's Toki, I guess. She don't talk so much, but she knows what everybody else is saying, no matter what the language. Yeah, it's like she has some sort of, like, magical superpower. Those things. The gizzards? Shiraz widened her big brown eyes. Big balloon over your city to keep the gizzards out, yes? Piper nodded. Yes, the bubble protects us from the sun and le gizzards. They live outside Sand's color and thrive off Calorian sweetbreads. Sweetbreads! Shiraj exclaimed, rubbing her tummy. Would be nice now. Stomach is doing the growling. Think less pancakes and pie crust and more like pancreas and thymus glands. Ew. Piper stated with a shiver. Hundreds of Calorians have been butchered by Le Gazars, including my father. Including my father. <laughs> Although my mother, the queen. Even though she said prime minister, even though prime minister and queen are two pretty different they roles. Are. At this, Piper rolled her eyes, lies to our people, and says he succumbed to a deadly dermal disease. Wait, a disease of the skin? Skin cancer? Yeah, Except he was apparently butchered by some weird, like... Legizards. Yeah. Wait, either skin cancer or some sort of flesh-eating bacteria, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the flesh-eating bacteria. Me too. Maybe he did have a flesh-eating bacteria from fucking one of the Legizards. That was gonna be my guess. I was gonna be like, it's a griffin from the Black Mountains. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, so, um, this reminds... Okay, this is a little tangent, but... Uh, so, on Paramount Plus, uh, South Park has this whole special where it's, like, South Park post-COVID, and it's a two-parter thing, <laughs> and they, how they said the pandemic started was because Randy, one of the characters, fucked a pangolian in China. <laughs> That's funny. And it's, like, they, like, one of the ways that they, like, there was this whole thing, okay, so, like, this is where <laughs> they tried, the, uh, spoilers here, there's spoilers, if you don't care, don't worry about it. But it's like one of the ways that they, one thing 
one of the plots was like they were going to go back in time to stop the pandemic from happening. But in all of the scenarios that played out, Randy always fucked the Pangolian. <laughs> there was never a route where, where he did, did not fuck the <laughs> He fucked it every time. Damn. But what they base it's I just need to share that and it's like I'm assuming that's what happened. <laughs> Instead of starting a virus, he just got a flesh eating bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck things that are weird, guys. I could make so many terrible jokes right there. I know you could. But I, I'm going to refrain. Please do. Tookie's mouth made a small O. Dylan and Shiraz fell silent. My papa died too, Shiraz volunteered. Really? My daddy passed when I was way little thing. Dylan looked off into the distance. Piper turned to Tookie. What about you? Is your father alive? Gee, everyone has a dead father. <laughs> Oh. Or oh. doesn't know who their real father is. Oh, no. But everyone has a dead father. This got really dark. This just got real, real fast. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Toki thought about Mr. De La Creme. Um, I lost my father, too, just recently. In a way, it was, in a way, true. The four of them had at least one thing in common. They all got dead dads. Yeah, well. Same. <laughs> God, I didn't want to be the only outlier. Then Piper straightened up and gave Dylan a close-lipped, narrow-eyed, strangely striking glare. For a moment, as the light caught her, she looked like a muse in a painting. I see you staring at me. Dylan looked caught. I... My people have little to no melanin in their skin, hair, and eyes, Piper explained in a clipped voice. It makes us susceptible to excruciating sunburns and various terminal diseases, not to mention stares from people like you. I, I'm sorry, Dylan blurted out. Yeah, right, Piper turned away. Jeez, everyone's so sensitive. They really are. I know. Which, you know, also is reminiscent of other things. I know, but it's like, I get they're all, like, in their formative years, but they're very... It's like, I understand being sensitive about how you look and the fact that she does have, like, albinism and all that, but I... I don't know. It's like, I feel like if not that many people have gone to Sans Color, she wouldn't have to deal with this often, so... I don't know. that do, It just um, doesn't click. Yeah, no. Yeah. Toki couldn't bear more fighting. So, you are really, um, a princess? She asked, changing the subject. Piper turned to her. A small smile formed on her pale face. Not exactly. I just call myself that to annoy my dear mother. She's an elected official, but acts like a queen. I actually campaigned for her opponent during the election. Dang. Really? Girl, you got some guts, Dylan applauded. The pouch popped out into a windy, thunderous sky and swelled and dropped dramatically. The four girls looked out every side of the pouch to see if they could tell where they were. Thick fog covered the ground below. Voodoo-style drumbeats sounded from the ground. Okay, that sounds a little bit, um... 
I don't know how else to explain it. It just sounds... It sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds, um... It doesn't sound very appropriate. Yeah. In the distance, they saw what they thought was were the model land gates. A wide expanse of bright orange and red flame shot from the top of the mountain. Are the gates on fire? Dylan asked shakily. No, 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 Shiraj clutched her head. Cannot be happening. Dylan looked at her. What can't be happening? Shiraj trembled with fear. This is the real reason we were chosen for the model land. She began to sing in a sweet, haunting voice. On the day of discovery, when new recruits arrive, a plan of debauchery where all but four survive. Deformed and defectives, they torture and connive till no bones are connective, they blaze the four alive. That's oddly specific. Wow. That was oddly specific. When Shiraj finished, she looked at them. When I was little girl in... Candelabra, we sit with that song we sing. Shiraz whispered, You know sacrifice rumors, right? They true. Piper frowned. I haven't heard anything about sacrifice. Also, if she was being sacrificed, I'm pretty sure Sans Color would wage war. Right? They already did for her leaving. Yeah, <laughs> pretty exactly. much. Yeah. Rally? Dylan raised an eyebrow. Those rumors run rampant all up and down the Boobig Teak Isles. It goes something like Monoland brings in four lesser girls to brutally experiment on them and then sacrifice them to some sort of ancient gorgeous goddess or something. Is it Aphrodite? I think so. God damn it, Aphrodite. Also, that is very oddly specific. That is. Four? Four is like, I mean, four is technically a number that is like associated with death. But that's still weird. Yeah. Not enough for experimentation, honestly. Shiraz nodded frantically. Yes, yes, exactly that. So you believe we're this year's fresh meat? Piper asked. Yes, Shiraz squeaked. Four crazy looking girl in sack. They will burn us in ceremony. A loud thud echoed through the pouch. Dylan had fainted. She was now flat on her back, a ghastly expression frozen on her face. Toki scooted over to check on her. Dylan? Dylan! Dylan batted her eyelids open and mumbled, I need a clean-up on aisle 197 oil spill. I was gonna sneeze, but then I didn't. <sighs> Dylan, you're in the pouch, Piper said. But what about my siblings? Dylan asked. I got four of each. Tookie's heart pounded fast. She'd heard of the sacrifice rumors, too. Everyone in Metopia whispered about them, debating whether they were true. Intoxabellas were even asked in interviews if the torture and murders really happened. What the fuck? Where did this come from? <laughs> I think it was slightly mentioned before, oh. but like this is coming back like full force, and it's like... Why would you encourage a place like this if there are rumors of, like, torture and murder? <laughs> Why would you want to go here if there's, like, a possibility of you being tortured and murdered? Especially if you're Tookie and are, like, so self-aware of how many inches your forehead is. Exactly! <laughs> or if you just, like, don't... It's, it's just, like, um... 
Why would you want to risk that? No one talked about this risk before. Every Intoxabella denied it, but maybe that was because they didn't know, or worse, were in on it. Probably the latter. Yes. Reality started to set in. Tookie had known this was all too good to be true. Of course, Model Land didn't want her. A dirt and snot eyed, freaky looking forgetting girl. Tookie literally shut up. I do not care anymore. A lot of people really like the. Okay, what gets me is that a lot of people like the traits of like heterochromia, and then a lot of people do find like the traits of albinism very interesting. Yeah. So it's like these are two looks that are like they're not found as ugly. Yeah. Look, Piper screamed, pointing at the diabolical divide. Tookie shot up, lightning flashed every few seconds in time with the beating of the drums. With each strike, Tookie saw the evidence of lives somehow lost. A filthy gray hooded sweatshirt caught on a dead tree limb. A patent leather backpack, its pockets ripped open, abandoned near a small stream. Half a girl's white sneaker propped against a tree stump. The shoe looked as though something had taken a huge bite out of it. Tookie swore she saw blood smeared on the toe. Oh, God. That Wait, was... wasn't this a book for kids? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um. Those items must be from the expired pilgrims who caught the plague, Piper said quietly. Expired? Dylan shook her head. The Princess of Sam's color is also the Princess of Understatement. Those pilgrims aren't just expired, honey. They're dead. They're no pilgrims, Shiraj cried desperately. They killed through sacrifice. The scout made an abrupt incline. Only the glowing eye at the very tip top of Model Land was visible. Sauron! <laughs> ah! Or is it Saruman? No, Saruman's like the name of the one wizard, and then there's Sauron. I have Sauron. The thumping of the drums grew stronger, vibrating through Tookie's chest. The flames shot higher into the air, setting fire to a giant wall made of a mishmash of unidentifiable items. Then the gates of Modeland came fully into view. They were made of blue and gold metal and deeply engraved silver, and they had gears on both sides that seemed to be some kind of high-security locks. The scout flew lower and lower. Tookie chewed feverishly on the inside of her lip. Her, her heart was pounding so fast. She was sure it might soon rip from her chest. Could Shiraz be right? <sighs> Were they flying to meet their doom? The pouch's walls began to drip liquid lightly at first, but then the wetness poured down in sheets. Oh, God. Stop. They're gonna use this liquid... Uh, they're gonna use this liquid to electrocute us, Dylan cried. Tookie felt a wet hand slip into hers. It was Dylan's. Piper grabbed Tookie's hand from the other side and Shiraj gripped Piper. Tookie squeezed her eyes shut, bracing for impact. The pouch skidded on the ground with a loud, jarring thump. There was a ripping sound and the pouch slid open, spilling out Tookie and the girls. Tookie leaned down and grabbed the empty pouch in a panic, rummaging through it, trying to locate the scout. But the fabric remained lifeless in Tookie's arms. The scout was nowhere to be found. An immense umbrella appeared out of nowhere and plopped into the middle of the pouch. 
Oh, thank God, Piper said, grabbing it and holding it over her head, surely to block her sensitive skin from the sun's rays. Suddenly, the strange voodoo drumming stopped. The silence was deafening. The girls looked around. They were in a large clearing atop green grass. Toki ran her hands over the green and, in the dim light, realized it was not grass, but fine fabric. That sounds awful. That sounds gross. Now what we do, Shiraz whispered. Something shot toward them through the darkness. When Toki's eyes adjusted, she saw a tall creature with a head shaped exactly like a human hand. That sounds terrifying. With four fingers and a long thumb, the palm of the hand contained pale blue eyes, two holes for a nose, and two full lips. Below the strange hand head was the body of a normal human. Hello! How do I say that? No, uh, Mesdemoiselles? It's Mesdemoiselles? Oh, thank Is you. Is it supposed to be Mesdemoiselles? I think so. Mes I've seen it spelled differently, though. Mesdemoiselles? Je m'appelle. Guru. Applausis. Applauses. Applauses. The head of the couture department. Oh, shut the fuck up, you pretentious. The creature said in a thick trace gelé accent. Trejolé accent. Wait. Trejolé was a made-up thing? I think. Because this was brought up about the braid. Oh, that's right. Is this just French? Wait, did she mean French? I think so. French braid? Yeah. French? Is she just supposed to be French? Yeah. Is she just supposed to be French? Oh my fucking god. Wait. Wait, that's, that's literally just French. It is, yes. Just call it French. No. No? No. <laughs> that would be too easy. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Smiling with its broad mouth full of perfectly straight white teeth. Oh my god, this thing is terrifying. This is horrifying. This is a hor- it's a giant hand with a normal human body. With teeth. With teeth. I mean, I think there's like a picture of it in the book. Oh, Hold hell on. no. Wait. I need to see this. Hold on. I can't. It's in like the front. It's right here. Right next to the tea kettle. Yep, it's that thing that right there. That is terrifying. That's what it's supposed to look like without that, the body. That is literally terrifying. That's what it is. I am going to have nightmares. Why does it also make me think of Lumiere? Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Lumiere, but make it creepy. <laughs> Lumiere, but make it nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I am beyond... I don't know how to speak French. Excite. Uh. For you, excite you have arrived early. Your lack of tardiness deserves a round of applause. We, oui? With a squeal of pleasure, the creature leaned all the way to the left. Oh, God, and it hit its hand head to its left palm and then did the same on the right hand with the right palm. Oh, I didn't like that description. <laughs> uh, 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 why couldn't he just clap his regular hands? 
Because this has to be scary now, apparently. Just looking at this bizarre ovation made Tookie dizzy. Same Tookie. That thing gives new meaning to the phrase, talk to the hand, Dylan whispered. Tookie couldn't help but giggle. Ah! You are the seamstress, I ordered. No. The hand looked excited. <laughs> I'm never going to get over the fact that we're personifying a hand. Oh my god. The intoxistics theme this year is insects of the bush. And I need all the extra helping hands I can get, seeing as I only have three. You use your big, giant head hand to do shit? I think so. <laughs> it paused for effect, a coy smile on its face. Why does this sound like some sort of horrifying fucking skinwalker creation? It just sounds like horrifying nightmare fuel. Just looking at this... Oh, wait, I already read that. Now let's get to work. We... We Oi. <laughs> Yellow smoke began to swirl around the girl's feet. Shiraz jumped back. Sacrifice is starting. I too young and spry to die. The other girls yelped and grabbed each other's arms. Tookie could barely breathe. She was so afraid. But as she grasped the girls hard, she suddenly felt one small note of reassurance. She wasn't going to die alone. The other three actually wanted to face death with her. What the fuck? Could you Tookie. lighten up, Tookie? Holy shit. Tookie, lighten the fuck Holy up. Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. The smoke rose higher, fully encircling them. Tookie squeezed her eyes shut. At least I had an adventure at the very end, she told herself. She could feel the hot flames on her cheeks. The smoke tickled her nostrils. Lighten the fuck up. Suddenly the smoke flew away, coming to a halt. In a wall-like clump a few feet from the girls. Slowly the cloud wall reassembled, forming a door of black smoke. Why does everything sound so convoluted? Because it's convoluted as shit. The door flipped open. Behind it was a black chamber full of angry, swirling wind. Took his hair blew backward. Piper gripped the umbrella tightly. But it turned inside out anyway. Dylan and Shiraz covered their eyes. A nude figure emerged through the doorway, stalking toward them with a rhythmic pace. With each step, the tornado wind whipped even faster. Then the figure raised its arms. Tookie felt a tugging sensation under her feet. The pouch whipped out from underneath them and streamed in the figure's fingertips. Dylan's mouth trembled. She looked like she was about to faint. What the heck is going on? She murmured. Smaller pieces of fabric shot from the finger figure's fingers and into the air, hanging weightlessly over the girls. The strips of material tumbled and lashed around their heads, ripping and combining violently into undergarments of every color and fabric. A white lace girdle rip whipped past. A purple Mary widow floated by, followed by a chartreuse camisole, marigold briefs, and blue bloomers. The unmentionables floated in front of the dark figure that had appeared in the door. Suddenly, a long, bejeweled, tentacle-like necklace appeared. Ah, it's, it's that type of story. No. No. Our scout, Tookie breathed. The scout chose a pair of very unsexy blue bloomers and put them on her bare body. 
all of the other intimates were just were sucked back into the scout's fingers. And then thwap. More garments shot out of the scout's fingers. A one-shouldered, bias-cut, burnt-orange chemise. A maroon eelskin jacket with severe shoulder pads. A fire-engine red felt pork pie hat. A pair of metal-studded, heather-gray ankle boots. It was like they were in a, in a zero-gravity department store. The items spun around and around. The scout's jeweled appendages acted like arm, hands and arms, moving the choices around into unconventional ensembles. When the jewels had settled on a preferred selection, they thrust the winning selection onto the scout. The remaining choices were sucked up and in, sucked up into the scout's fingers once more. Okay, this is so convoluted. It's, it's, it's so it's boring. Killing, it's killing me. I know it's boring. We're getting into the boring shit now, guys. The scout was left wearing a plunging white v-neck blouse with so many odd angles to it. Chucky couldn't quite figure it out. A high-waisted, corseted, indigo blue, fine-woven cotton skirt barely covered her butt. Boots with alternating strips of leather and canvas laced up just above her knees. Chocolate brown swirls decorating the material. No one cares what your self-insert is wearing, Tyra. (laughs) Then the bedazzled jeweled tentacles turned bright red. In a flash, they melted into one, forming a belt of golden yellow fabric that rested snugly on the scout's hips. It's her centura, Tookie whispered. Amazing, Dylan managed to say. The scout lifted both hands to her face and peeled her veil away from the bottom up. The girls oohed and awed, for she had shimmering caramel-colored skin, the very skin that had made trillionaires of quite a few CEOs of skincare companies. Full, soft-looking lips with the deep cupid's bow, that had inspired so many wearers, so many girls to wear glow glow lip gloss. Large emerald eyes with mile long lashes that seemed to look into your soul, knowing exactly what you desired, needed at any given time. Tookie gasped. Could it be? She looked around at the others, and they were awestruck too. It was the celebrated, renowned, mythical Intoxabella, CL. Well, shit. Damn, that was just the worst. That was the worst reveal. Yeah, that that was awful. That that was I'm not gonna lie. This wasn't really like a good build up to this. Like, I mean it it just Look, if it had been mentioned that the other scouts were noticeable in Toxabella's, like ones that had been seen the day before. Then it would make me wonder, oh, who's this one? Yeah. But then again, it's like, I don't remember who the other Toxabellas are. And that's not just because we read those chapters, like, a few weeks ago. But it's like, okay. Sorry, I was sweating buckets back there. The Intoxabella sniffed her armpits. Yuckety yuck. I totally forgot to put on my sweat stopper this morning. I'm a girl who can't skip a day, if you know what I mean. Oh, she's so relatable. So relatable. Your, your, Dylan stammered. The most distinguished, Piper began, but was too stunned to finish. The CL, Shiraj summed up. 
Tookie gaped, feeling completely unworthy of having a conversation with a creature so regal and divine. CL, the last triple seven, a real seven-seven-seven. With all seven in Toxabella powers, was the one who had taken them to the ends of the earth, the one who had taken her hand instead of miracles. And finally the mystery was solved. Where the hell is CL? Why, she was right here. Yes, I'm CL. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for clarifying, ma'am. The Intoxabella said, a calm, reluctant smile fluttering across her lips. She stared at Dylan, Piper, and Shiraj in amazement. It seemed like something clicked in her mind and her expression totally changed from serene to something much darker. Hendel, Catherine, Woodland, I can't believe it. She ran up to Dylan and put her ear to Dylan's mouth. Then she moved to Shiraj and placed her fingers on her wrist. Wait, I, I think you skipped something. Did I? No? I did not. Okay. I guess I phased out. I don't know what was happening either. Then she moved to Shiraz and placed her fingers on her wrist. Finally, she touched Piper's chest where her heart was. You all made it. The three girls looked at each other confusedly. CL noticed Toki and coolly extended her hand. Her welcome was far less enthusiastic. Excuse moi Guru Aplosis stood behind them. I hate to break up this party, but Jabeswan de these seamstresses, CL, thank you for transporting them so swiftly. I will take them now. CL shielded the girls protectively. With all due respect for the world of handmade couture, as well as for you, Guru Aplosis. I just want to call him Guru Applesauce. Me too. I think that's what I'm going to start doing. Guru Applesauce it is. These young ladies are not dressmakers. They are tastemakers of tomorrow. Bellas of Modeland. The girls exchanged a shock glance. Bellas? Everyone knew that Modeland... Everyone knew that was the Modeland term for students. So they weren't sacrifices. Comment? Guru Applesauce recoiled from the girls as if they had an airborne illness. Look, sweetie dear, I am fatigue you, fatigue, and I'm going to go nurse my hand ache. So please stop this jovialette and have my new seamstresses report to my courtier. Couturier. Couturier. Thank you. Couturier. I don't know anything about French, so I'm Neither sorry. Do I. I'm just guessing. I'm sorry to anyone who speaks French on our channel. I have committed a, a language crime. And with a beauty queen wave of his hand head, the guru left, turned and left. Please go away. No wonder you have a hand ache. You keep doing that shit. Don't mind applesauce, girls, CL murmured. The guru's a bit frustrated, have been born with three hands while the rest of the fam has four. What? Why? 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 <laughs> Where's the other hand? I don't want to know. 
I don't either. Oh, God. Moment of silence for the only three hands. <laughs> Toki's gaze was still fixed on sea owls. She just couldn't believe this was happening. Be beyond being awed by sea owls' worldwide fame, Toki actually respected her. The most of all the Intoxibellas. She actually had substance behind her heavily made-up face and accessory-adorned body. Hey, this is like, um, Tyra's younger self-insert, just praising her older self-insert. Yeah. So, like, this is Tyra praising Tyra. <sighs> just, just, just think of that for a second. I know, it's just... CL is just not like other girls. Like, Toki is not like other girls. Mm, well, CL <laughs> is a 7-7 seven, seven above all the 7-7s seven, because she yes. has all of the 7 powers of the 7-7s. Seven, How annoying. Ugh. CL was a legendary spoken word poetry slam champion. Oh, God, oh, no. Fuck my life. No, why would you do this? <laughs> I guess so. No one's good at slam poetry. No. No one. Spouting many controversial poems that even some of the snobbiest literary critics praised. She gave keynote addresses at college graduations, speaking about her many interpretations of human beings' physicality. C.L. was an icon, and in talks Bella unafraid to speak her mind. But then Toki realized something. Why was C.L. a T-Dod scout? Was it a demotion? After all, everyone knew that scouts weren't 7-7s. Seven they were second-string model land. Bellas, who'd tried to reach 7-7 seven seven status but missed it by a hair. The other girls were gaping at C.L. too. How did that cheer about C.L. go? Dylan asked, her eyes bright. She raised her arms. Overhead, fists clench. Give me a big C. A little I, a tilde, Shiraz joined in, executing the cheerleading moves that went along with the chant. To signify the tilde, the squiggle character at the center of CL's name, the girls made a wiggly shape with their hand with the flats of their hands. Come on, Tookie, Dylan said, bumping Tookie's hip. What's the next line? Tookie bit her lip, still feeling shy. Uh, I think it's throw me a lanky, lanky, lanky long L. She remembered the rhyme from the playground of B3. I had a girl, Dylan whooped. Simple and clean, no, but not a tongue twister. That's the why, 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 why you spell CL. Please stop, CL said flatly. Dylan lowered to her knees in front of CL. I've recorded all your speeches and poems. You're so, so powerful. Okay, I have a new cheer for CL. Okay. Give me a C. Give me a U. <laughs> Give me an N. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna finish that! Ow, my elbow! Please don't bow down to me. That worship stuff is, uh, kind of not my thing. But CL you wrote said. it that way! I know, Jesus Christ. CL said, pulling Dylan up. Plus, you'll have plenty of. cow towing. <laughs> I have no idea what that word is. 
to do today, so spare your delicate knees. Oh, which reminds me, I have to recite the welcome crap. She straightened up and cleared her throat. Welcome to Model Land, CL said in a monotone as if on autopilot. You... Nouveau. 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 Think Art Nouveau. Nouveau. Bellas are among the chosen few, but your place in the land is not promised. It is yours to earn every day, every minute, every second. CL trailed off. You know what? I can't recite that mess with a straight face. Besides, you'll hear it all again momentarily from a stone bitch. Oh my god. Jesus. Jesus. The intoxibella then started to scratch her arms and legs. Ugh, this get-up is itchy as hell, man. And with that, she shook her body, and her avant-garde skirt, shirt, and boots instantly transformed into a t-shirt, ripped jeans, and dirty sneakers. Wow. Why did you choose the first outfit, Ri- then? Right? If you knew it was uncomfortable. Girl, you are so real. Recite a poem about us, C.L., Dylan begged. CL raised a perfectly plucked eyebrow. You want me to freestyle right here? Right now? Nuh-uh. Then perform one of your 7-7 powers, Piper urged. I'd love to see Excite to Buy or maybe Multiplicity. Excite to Buy is the most boring of them all, Piper. I know. I can hear the sirens Honey, in the distance. Honey, Chile. You've already seen the powers at work, CL said nonchalantly. How do you think we got to Model Land? In a bus? The teleportation and flying, Shiraj cried, thrusting her chest out and stretching her arms behind her in a V. Anyway, there's no time for power show and tell or slam or a slam now, CL said. But hopefully I'll be seeing you again if you pass the torture tests. The what now? <laughs> Chucky swallowed hard. The torture tests. What now? What did that mean? Say what now? CL turned for the smoke door. The winds and swirling dust had subsided, revealing the colossal wall the girls had seen from the sky. It was a mash of antiquated musical instruments, ragged slices of art canvases, clothes, and outdated accessories of seasons past, an immense assortment of architectural pieces. Marble arms and legs jutted out from the bulkhead, making it Difficult to stand too close. Beyond stood the carved gold, blue, and silver model and gates. Eight immense gears were at each corner of two gigantic doors. The gears were connected with steel to steel arms, literally arms with forearms, hands, and fingers that crossed in the center of the two doors, holding them tightly in place. A chorus of unseen women's voices. Is that supposed to be undulated? Uulated? Maybe? Ha ha hello and well well welcome to Model Land. This sounds awful. I I don't want to be here. No one wants to be here. More people appeared around them. Other scouts in their pods, pouches, and people pockets. Oh no. Mm. Let's not call it that. People pockets? Yeah. It sounds like you're making, um, (laughs) it makes me think of eating. Ed Keen and making him, him making his people suit. Landed on the soft fabric grass. CL led CL led Tookie and the others to a line of new Bellas standing in front of a peculiar mosaic tiled face. Its features seemed to shift depending on where you were standing much 
Like looking in a funhouse mirror, to the left or right your face looked distorted and terrifying, but when you stood directly in front of it, the face was three-dimensional and breathtaking. What we do here? Shiraz asked. This is where you register, Ciel explained. The girls watched as an ash-blonde Bella approached the mosaic face. VK of Nordenswee. Nordenswee! She said, referring to an icy land. Huh, I wonder what that could be. Gee, I bet it's Portland. Yeah. The mosaic face abruptly sprang to life, its bulbous eyes opening. Validated, it yelled. A green light appeared. A striped barrier lifted and VK advanced to a holding area beyond the gates. You know what? You have the mosaic. Why do you have a thing that's just boring compared to the mosaic happening? Because the mosaic is honestly pretty cool. Yeah. Franca of Cappuccina, the next girl in line said. Oh my fucking god. Is, uh, is that Italy? Is that supposed to be Italy? Maybe. Ugh. Authenticated the face deemed. Franca joined VK. Kamalina of Chakra. The uh, Kamalini. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> said a girl wearing an intricately embroidered chartreuse wrapped dress made of endless yards of the finest silk. I'm guessing that's India. I guess so. One arm was full of gold bangles in her... India. And her eyes were decorated with a smile, which fluttered every time she blinked. Documented. A girl with toned golden thighs stepped forward. Bibiana of Terra Bossa Nova. Confirmiated, the face scrunched up, seeming to know full well that confirmiated wasn't a word. Toki, Piper, Dylan, and Shiraj moved up the line. In front of her, Toki spotted a familiar girl with pin-straight auburn hair and a golden yellow dress. With matching shoes, she had brilliant white teeth and an attitude as thick as the afternoon air in Peppertown. Toki sucked in a breath. No, this can't be happening. Zarpessa of Metopia, the auburn-haired girl trilled haughtily. Wait, did you saw her get picked up by one of the scouts. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Corroborated. Zarpessa, Tookie blurted out. Zarpessa turned to the sound of her name. Her eyes clapped on Tookie as in horror rippled across her lovely face. Then, without saying a word, she turned and marched into the holding area. You know what? She has every reason to be horrified because Tookie, like, keeps... Kind of, like... Creeping on her boyfriend? Creeping yes. on her and her boyfriend. In yeah. Like the creepiest of ways. She probably witnessed the whole thing of her, like, looking through the garbage for the pin, and it was just like, what? She's probably just always, like, witnessing Tookie, just like... <sighs> breathing all over. <laughs> breathing all over Theophilus. Look, I can remember Theophilus's name, but I can't remember any of the other Intoxabellas. She did not... So she did see me at the dumpsters, Tookie thought. Clearly, Zarpessa doesn't want to relive that moment. No, she just wants you to stop being creepy. Maybe, and she also probably, like... I can see why she wouldn't want, like... You know what? It, it shouldn't matter that she's homeless. I mean, she made it to Model Land. Now she's able to help out her family. Or yeah, find Jesus a way to help Christ. out her family. 
A few more girls passed on through, one of them a tall, raven-haired girl wearing way too much makeup and a sequined mini-skirt that was hacked all the way up to her butt cheeks. Nothing but two giant faux diamonds covered her chest. Shast Runnings from Beignet. It's definitely Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> she lilted seductively into the mosaic face. She shimmied a little, showing off her round, pert butt. Oh, come on. They're minors. Stop it. Yucky. This is gross. Toki from, um, Metopia, she whispered at the mosaic. Louder, the face boomed. Toki, uh, Metopia, Peppertown, she said a teensy bit louder. The face paused. Here it comes, Toki thought. The revelation of the day of discovery, administrative error. The painting smiled awkwardly and yelled, Sub, um, substantiated. But it didn't sound too so sure of its decision. Before the face could change its mind, C.L. ushered Tookie into the holding area. Then C.L. walked back to the face, leaned down and whispered something into where its ears would be if it had any. The other scouts accompanying their Bellas stood on their toes to see what the famed Triple Seven in Toxabella was doing. At first, C.L. laughed as if the face had told her a joke, but then Tookie noticed that C.L.'s lips weren't moving. She wasn't really whispering anything to the mosaic at all. What was happening, however, was that one of her jeweled tentacles was making contact with the face. A surge of sparks traveled from the tip of the tentacle into the mosaic's mouth. Oh, good lord. Uh. The face looked temporarily stunned. All of its tiles were suddenly scrambled. Shiraj Dylan Piper commanded CL, come up here now. Shiraj approached the face. Say your name, Shiraj, CL urged. Shiraj from Vindicated, the face trilled before Shiraj could finish. Then C.L. yanked Dylan up to the face. Name, C.L. insisted. Dylan from Boat predicted. C.L. pushed Piper forward and positioned her dead center. Speak now, C.L. barked. Pipe justificated. The tiles fell back into place. Other Bellas stepped up, not even noticing anything amiss. C.L. shoved Piper, Dylan, Shiraj, and Tookie into the holding area. She pushed them so hard, Tookie tripped over her big feet, nearly tumbling to the grass. Dylan helped her up. What was that about? Dylan whispered to Tookie. What? Don't you like the express lane? C.L. snapped harshly, but then winked. Tookie stared at her, puzzled. Was C.L. on their side or not? The last of the new Bellas marched into the holding area. Tookie counted 100 girls in total. Dang, she had that much time to count? Jesus. She also kept a running tally of the number of smizes. Sixth. The seventh was miracles. She was supposed to be here, not Tookie. Suddenly, the giant gears on the gate began to turn, generating a deep rumble that Tookie could feel in her feet, because they're so huge. Slowly, the gates opened inward. C.L. bent down to the girls. Alrighty then, my job here has been completed for now. Back to the torture chamber for me, and the beginning of it for you. Shiraj looked alarmed. Torture for you and us? 
C.L. shrugged, beyond your wildest nightmare, and as for me, I got myself into this mess. What mess? Toki inquired, hoping she didn't sound prying or rude. But C.L. just turned away. With a flash of golden light, a hole opened in the ground. C.L. fell backward into it and was gone. One by one, all the other scouts melted or flashed away, leaving the new Bellas alone. The gates continued to roll open. Toki squinted to make out her very first glimpse of Modeland. Through the still narrow slit, she saw that it was like nothing she could have ever imagined because it's just trash. Okay, so we're in Model Land, but we're not in Model Land. We're at the gate of Model Land. Pretty much. Also, technically Tookie was the one who found the smize, wasn't she? Yeah. So it's technically her smize. It is technically her smize. It is technically hers. Well, that's kind of it for this particular episode. Um... I guess in the next one, we're finally going to get in, like, we're at the gates of Model Land. We're going to get into Model Land. Just at the gates of hell. Fucking finally, the gates of Mount Doom. Oh, God. I mean, this is fucking Mordor. Sure Come on, the fellowship, like... of Mo- the fellowship of the Smiths. The Fellowship of the Smiths. I said the Fellowship of Model Land before, but you know what? This is the Fellowship of the Smiths. I'll accept the Fellowship of the Smiths. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> anywho thanks for tuning into this week and this maybe had been a little bit of a longer one but it's good it's it's not bad no it's not terrible oh yeah not terrible